The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, and I'm really looking forward to a very special conversation with a real thought leader that many of you will know on Twitter as Jared Piano. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Jared Johnson, healthcare marketing consultant and owner of Altera Digital. Jared, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. It's a lovely day, and it's even better now that I'm getting to speak with you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for making the time today. I know it's going to be a great discussion. But before we begin, could you take a few seconds and tell the audience all about you and your background? You bet. Well, I'm the founder and principal of Ulterra Digital. It's a digital marketing consulting firm, and I'm also an mHealth and health IT speaker and blogger. My favorite thing I like to say is that I'm now a podcaster, so I'm the host of the Health IT Marketer podcast, and that is usually the highlight of my week, getting to have a little fun on the airwaves. I know exactly what you're talking about. Before we get started talking about podcasting, because I really want to pick your brain there, why don't you give a 10,000-foot overview of Altera Digital? You bet. Well, Altera kind of has two pieces to it. One is a marketing consulting agency, and it specializes in content marketing, mobile development, and reputation management. And so those are pieces where, especially with healthcare organizations, when they're just looking to improve in those areas, then my team and I will come into the picture and help with those pieces in particular. And we're finding just a lot of traction in the content marketing and reputation management areas where there are just a lot of questions and really how, especially about how to make those things effective. And the other piece of it is just project-based, which would be a website and, and mobile app development, uh, whether that's a redesign or just creating new apps and new mobile resources that way in particular. So it's a lot of fun either way. It just really keeps me busy. A lot of great topics that we discuss on our show, but let's get started with podcasting. First of all, congratulations. Your show is fabulous. I'm a big fan. In 10 short episodes, you've had so many rock stars, Steve Sisko, Colin Hung, the list goes on and on and on. What got you involved in podcasting? I think earlier this year, I've really made an effort to really try to figure out, hey, you know, what makes me different? This month actually marks a year since I quit my full-time job at a medical device company and went out on my own with Altair Digital. And one of those key pieces is, hey, what makes me different? And I kept landing on podcasting. And really this whole year, as I've been listening to a lot of programs, uh, including yours especially, Joe, I mean, this is one of the ones that got me going as well, just to kind of understand what the power of podcasting is. I just kept coming back to it in terms of a, a channel that's effective, that's convenient, that's easy for people who do want to continue understanding trends or honing their craft. And you know, I've had a little bit of a not necessarily an audio background, but I've played music in the past, and so I've had fun even editing audio clips myself. And so I thought, hey, you know, this is something that I, I probably could figure out the technical details, because there are a lot. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but there, you know, there are a lot of the, the technical pieces to figure out how it works. But I decided this is a way really for me to 
hopefully contribute and give back to the community and connect with a lot of rock stars. Like you said, I am shocked every time I'm, you know, I think of those who are willing to come on the podcast. Like you said, you know, we've had a, a lot of those who are already well known in the health IT marketing community as well as others from the greater marketing community. We've had Joe Polizzi from the Content Marketing Institute and, and Brian Critchfield from Naval Marketing. I mean, just folks who are well known in their own fields. And so we'll either take a health IT slant on a marketing topic or a marketing slant on a health IT topic. And it's been a lot of fun. We're both swimming in many of the same pools. Jared, tell us what you think or your definition of content marketing. Then I'd like to explore that further with you as we go on. I'm glad you asked that because I actually do run into that a lot. One definition I just recently saw basically just thought content marketing was essentially just optimizing your blog posts and especially following Joe Polizzi. I'll pull his name out there again, but he's really opened my eyes to just what the potential of content is. So my definition of it is really any type of information that you're providing your audience that is useful to them. And there's a big difference between content marketing and sales collateral. I've recalled in a couple of conversations with clients when I've come on and They'll have already typically a web vendor, somebody who they're working with, who is working with them on creating blog posts or white papers, things that their audience can download. But reading through it, those materials are essentially a former sales brochure that's just dressed up in in different clothes. And so it might be a different format or might be a video about the same topic, but it's all about them still and it's promotional still. And the idea of content is that it's really just helpful for your audience. It's different than traditional marketing. You're building a long-term relationship with that person versus just trying to get a quick sale. And so there can be just a difference there between what we've traditionally thought of as, hey, I have all the sales collateral. How do I get that in people's hands? Oh, well, I'll turn those into blog posts or I'll turn that into a podcast or I will have an automation system backing all of these different pieces that folks can download, but I'm not actually really considering what that audience's pain points are. And so that's really the difference between content, I think, and sales collateral. I mean, you make some really good points there. Our timing's about the same, Jared. About a year ago is when I made the push to leave full-time consulting and really focus on what we're doing. And many would call that podcasting But what we do is develop content. And what we found, though, is the easiest way to develop content is through podcasting, by getting on a microphone and asking someone questions. It's a lot easier than writing a white paper. It's a lot easier than all the other things we still do for our clients, but they're really seeing that our outward facing is podcasting. In a lot of cases, we use podcasting to get the content so that we can then create the other forms. Are you finding that same thing? Is that one of the reasons you got into podcasting, or are you podcasting more to educate? Well, both, but the first is certainly a strong consideration when you consider, like you said, if we're connecting with guests on a regular basis and pulling things out of them, making points about every marketing topic imaginable, then we are learning as we go. And if your goal is thought leadership, if it's to be a voice at the table, and to have some unique perspective, well, what better way than to connect with people on a regular basis and to have conversations with them, to hear what they're saying, to internalize that. But then, like you said, you can repurpose the content of those interviews in 
countless ways. Those can turn into blog posts themselves. You could compile them. I've learned a lot of this from Jay Bear as well from his podcast, and which is Social Pros. And they will create a blog post of not only of each episode, but they will also compile the best of. I think it's once a month or maybe a little less frequently, but they will find the best parts of that. They will turn that into other pieces that they can include in their presentations. So it's it's just that conscious pulling it together and saying, hey, how can I repurpose the content? So yeah, absolutely. I mean, podcasting is a way to not just get your voice out there literally, but to think all along, hey, how can I reuse what we're talking about? You mentioned in your introduction, you speak on mHealth and you often create great content that I love to see out there on mHealth. Why do you think mobile health is really taking off now? I've heard probably for 10 years now, this is going to be the year, but I think we're really seeing this is actually the year that it's taking off. That's a great question. In terms of timing, I think it's just the convergence of a few different trends that have all resulted from mostly the same place. But if you look at even just a provider's exam room now, that exam room really is everywhere now. When you think about the possibilities, there are so many different movements within mobile health. And they have different names. Dr. Eric Topol is famous for coining the phrase democratized medicine, but it's putting medicine in the hands of us, the patients or consumers. So now we can go to a retail clinic, and this last week, I loved it. I was able to do a blood draw at the local Walgreens, right? If I want to track my own fitness data, I have dozens of ways I can do that with wearables. If I want to join a quantified self-movement and pool that data with other people, I can do that. The so mobile health, in, from my understanding, is the convergence of the technology and the startups that are creating all these possibilities and that's all happened because of the consumerization of medicine itself. So, you know, when you say, hey, we have heard that this is going to be the year for several years now, that's true. Now there's the momentum behind it and there's the realization from the provider side that they better pay attention and that they actually have a, a golden opportunity to embrace empowered patients. And if they do that, instead of kind of keeping their head stuck in the sand, if they embrace this movement of patients who do want to be more involved in their own healthcare, I can't think of a better opportunity for providers in the last several years to differentiate themselves and, and have that true conversation with patients. Yeah, I think some of the other dynamics there are we now have EMRs in the background that can collect some of this data and drive the workflow. Our friend Chuck Webster talks about workflow all the time. I don't think mHealth could really explode if we didn't have that EHR behind the scenes to drive the workflow. It would be too confusing and frustrating for consumers to just have apps that didn't interact with your data and with your care plans. So what other dynamics do you think will drive the growth of mHealth over the next year or two? It will be interesting because... Even if you just think about wearables, which are you know a big part of mobile health, right? That's that's where it literally is mobile on my wrist or you know somewhere else on my body, right? That's tracking my own health. It's a device that either I've purchased or my employer has purchased or my doctors advised me to track that better. Well, if you just think about wearables, we've heard so much about it. There's so much hype. 
about it. We're almost entering that, what Gartner refers to in their hype cycle as the trough of disillusionment, where we're starting to think, hey, well, a lot of folks are stopping using their Fitbit after a period of a few months. We're wondering if wearables actually are going to keep going. So I think we're going to actually be paying attention to that and, and battling that disillusionment because we have heard so much hype about how so many of these technologies and devices are going to change and impact medicine. There will be a new generation, a next generation of those devices that are already underway. The Apple Watch came out, what, now six months ago? And it was a first-generation device, so we have to keep that in mind. There are additional generations of the devices themselves that are going to be moving forward. And you're right, with the market itself with EMRs will impact that as well. There are, I've heard several different estimates, but there are one way or another hundreds of different EMR vendors out there, right? And so there will either be, you know, the fact that we'll have to have some some better best practices for for what data gets pulled out of there and who wants it and in what format. It's amazing, though, to see the community that is dedicated to figuring that part out. And so I think just the fact that you have so many on the health IT side and you have enough providers who are wanting to partner and figure those things out, you have enough physicians who are wanting to innovate, and at the end of it, you have enough patients who are just demanding that they have a better part of their own health tracking. I think all those things will combine, and that will give the momentum to mobile health. Jared, I don't know if there's another industry where it's as popular to attend conferences and trade shows as healthcare. I know coming up in November, you're going to be speaking at the Healthcare Internet Conference. Tell us about that conference and what you'll be speaking about. The Healthcare Internet Conference, or HCIC, is sponsored by Greystone.net. They've held this for over a decade. They've put on this conference, and last year when I was able to attend, it was a convergence of the technology and marketing folks for health systems, as well as a lot of other partners, but it's a combination of medicine and technology and marketing, and so they will focus on a lot of those things. So... I'm actually co-presenting with a couple of my friends from Sitewire Health, Steve Koch and Russ Maloney. We're discussing wearables and the Internet of Things in the exam room. And we're discussing how consumer behavior affects that, but also specifically what some of those tools are that are affecting direct primary care. And that does include Fitbits, Apple Watch, those kinds of things. But there's some other devices, censored devices that we're discussing. And really, for a practice that would want to embrace that empowered patient, well, really where they would start. We've learned a lot while we're preparing it, but it's a really cool topic. What other trade shows or conferences do you attend regularly, Jared, and feel that are valuable? There are the hymns of the world. I don't know anyone who is in the health IT or healthcare, really healthcare marketing space that doesn't attend HIMSS, so that's always at the top of the list. I'm a huge proponent of the Healthcare IT Marketing and PR Conference, or HITMC, which John Lynn co-founded here. Uh, it'll be in its third year in 2016. It's in early April. Uh, it'll be in Atlanta this year, and that's that's just been, out of all the conferences I've ever attended, I mean, that is one that has been a very community-focused if you want to be able to network there, everyone is so willing to participate there and to keep conversations going. It's just a fabulous, fun conference. 
HCIC, definitely. Uh, MGMA, Medical Group Management Association, in the fall is an important one as well, just to keep your finger on the pulse of the providers themselves and, and all the issues they have, all the things that they're trying to figure out, all the problems they're trying to solve. Good deal. I agree with you. We spend probably 25% of our total energy working with and on him, so certainly the most important one in healthcare IT. Jared, you've been doing this about a year, and you've successfully launched. You've got your services going. What do you see for the next six months? What are you going to be changing, adding for your clients as you head into the new year? Well, that's a great question. I have actually been thinking about this a lot, and I actually just published a it was just my I, I thought I needed to share you know what my vision is of what Altera is all about, but you know, really what I'm working on day to day. And I actually just published this as part of this celebrating a year out there, but it's out there on LinkedIn. I actually put, hey, for the next five years, what can we expect in marketing and and in healthcare? And that directly has to do with the types of services that I'll be expanding there, but it's because of, the listening that I'm trying to do to see what really are those pain points and really what are the things that people are asking for the most help with and that's come through the consulting work. And that is in areas such as reputation management and it continues to be in content marketing as well. So that will result in some additional services, specific services in those areas. By doing that, that's keeping everything focused there. And again, it's focused on the things that seems like people are, by the conversations that I'm participating in, those are the things that people are asking about, and they're just wanting to make sure that they're getting the most out of those opportunities. Good deal. Jared, you're podcasting pro now with several months as a podcaster under your belt, I'm sure several years as a consumer. How do you listen to podcasts? What tools do you use? So I'll usually subscribe to podcasts through iTunes, and I'll be listening anywhere from the car to the office while I'm working, and now I'm kind of an addict now, so I'll listen to podcasts a lot of times while I'm working out, and I'm a little extreme, I think, now. I consume quite a few of them now, <laughs> but I think, that's, you know, I think that's the power of it, is that you can really pick where it is, and, and those places that a lot of people don't necessarily get something out of your commuting or your you're doing other things, but sometimes it's real nice as a background when I'm doing other things. So I'll listen to it in a lot of different places. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, if I'm in my car, I'm listening to a podcast. I do use iTunes, but I found an app called Overcast that it tends to be easy and I can, without texting and driving, I can switch from one episode to another episode pretty quickly when one finishes. So I've come to like Overcast. I don't know if you've checked that out. No, I haven't, but I will definitely check that out. I'd love a tool like that. Yeah, and I've tried other apps, including Apple's just general podcast app, which is fine, but Overcast seems to be a good way to collect podcasts and queue them up and listen to your latest podcast. And I also listen to some non-healthcare podcasts. I love Freakonomics, and I love some others. What are some other podcasts, maybe non-healthcare, that you like to listen to? So a couple of the ones I already mentioned, such as Social Pros by Jay Bear, because he'll bring on folks specifically in social media, but most of them are outside of healthcare. And so I will see, hey, what can I bring into the healthcare arena? What best practices are out there that we can learn from? 
Yeah, Freakonomics is a good one. There was one by Entrepreneur on Fire is a great one as well. It's by John Lee Dumas, who many people know. I mean, he, he's very well known there. He actually does a course on podcasting, which is fantastic. Uh, one of my other favorite ones is uh, the Unpodcast from Scott Stratton, who a lot of people know. So his his format is a little different. He's He doesn't have guests usually. He doesn't talk about best practices, he'll tell you what not to do. And he'll do it by reading examples from the news and from you know from the media and, and from things that his listeners have found and share with him. They're examples of what not to do in marketing. And a lot of times I learn better that way than by looking at all the things you should do because it, it becomes really obvious. And he usually doesn't even have to tell you why this is a bad example <laughs> just by telling you what happened there. And he's hysterical too. And I've been able to see him sharing a keynote address at conferences as well too. So those are some of the ones I'll, I'll still tend to still be within the marketing arena. But yeah, those are some of my favorites. Outstanding. Well, Jared, it looks like we're running up against the clock. Before I let you go, where can people go to learn more about you and your work at Altera? For Altera, they can go to alteradigital.com. It's U-L-T-E-R-A digital.com. Uh, to check out the podcast, they can go to healthitmarketer.com. And I am always on Twitter. I'm at Jared Piano. It's J-A-R-E-D-P-I-A-N-O. And I'm always on there, so I'd love to converse with people there. Great, Jared. It was so great to have you. Thanks for joining us today and imparting your great wisdom. It's a pleasure, Joe. Hope we can do it again sometime. Absolutely. That wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guest, Jared Johnson, I'm Joe Lavelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare. Mm-hmm.